With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, December 20th, and we are here answering your financial questions. If you have one, all you need to do is go to our website. It's JillOnMoney.com. I think you know that by now. But just in case you're a new listener, I'm here to let you know that all of our content lives on that website at JillOnMoney.com. That means if you're looking for the free weekly newsletter, you want to subscribe to that, you can find it at JillOnMoney.com. If you are seeking the blog, if you want to check out resources, if you want to check out our new video show, Jill on Money, powered by the compound, that's on the website. All of it lives there. So anything, anytime, anything you want that is Jill on Money, check out the website, maybe bookmark it. And of course, whenever you have a financial question, all you have to do is click the contact us button. It's just that easy. Today, we are talking to Jake, who's on the line from Pennsylvania. I am just kind of looking ahead and trying to demystify a few things that um, will be happening in the next few years. My wife and I are 57 and we're hoping to uh, have options in two to three years where we either stop working altogether or maybe scale down. And a couple of the things that I'm trying to get a grasp on is how will we handle health insurance as early retirees, as well as looking at how we might best um, use our retirement assets to support this early retirement. Tell us a little bit about what's up. In other words, how much money do you make now? How much money do you think you're going to need? And how much money have you saved? So let's start with how much do you earn now between the two of you? So uh, right now, my wife is working and I am not. Um, her salary is uh, 90000 She has opportunity for bonus. Uh, I am looking for work at the moment, actually trying to find uh, meaningful part-time work. That would be my preference. Early days on that. If you look at her $90,000 actual salary, can you pay your bills based on that amount of money? Yes, we can. Um, we're also we're doing that, and also uh, able to continue to make uh, retirement contributions. Um, we occasionally do have to dip a little bit into our um, 
uh, emergency slash reserves fund to pay some bills. But that's really only because we are continuing to fully fund her Roth 401k and our Roth IRAs, uh, respectively, during this period of uh, single income. Okay, so let's talk about some of those um, assets right now. So your retirement assets are totaled about how much? So between the two of us, we've got uh, about $2.4 million. And the way that breaks down is $1.4 million is in tax-deferred funds and uh, $1 million in various Roth accounts. How much is in that emergency reserve fund right now? 120000 And uh, you own your home? We do. And uh, we have no mortgage, no debt. Do you have a sense uh, right now that what, what it would take for you to actually just pay your general bills? And you said you're contributing out of that 90000 You pay the tax that's due. You, you make contributions to your retirement accounts. But do you know what your actual nut is? Is it something like 50 or 60 grand a year? Is that, what is it, do you think? I do know. Um, when I've looked forward at retirement years, I'm kind of thinking that we'll need around 72,000 um, net income to support some of the things we want to do, such as travel. Will either of you be entitled to a pension? My wife will. She has to begin taking at age 65, and that's our plan, and that would be about 26000 per year, and I'm quite certain it's not adjusted for inflation. But still nice, right? It is. Yeah, it's definitely a benefit from a job that she had for a really long time. And uh, Hannah kind of suffered through some of that. So she left with something good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though, like if you think about this, if you look at, say, age 65, you'll have the pension and then you'll have both have Social Security. Yeah, um, our plan with that is to defer to age 70 to maximize that benefit. So we kind of have these interesting periods of pre-65 and, and then between 65 and 70, various stages with both income and um, other requirements. I mean, you, you sound like you're the kind of guy who's run all of your numbers. So I'm, I'm just guessing that the retirement numbers look fine, correct? Yeah, I've run them. And then also we do have an advisor. My career was in nonprofits and I was fortunate with uh, three employers over about 28 years to have TIAA as my uh, retirement plan. So we continue to work with a TIAA advisor. And according to them, in addition to my own analysis, the numbers do look good from a retirement perspective. So let's talk about these these different chunks of time. Essentially, 59 and a half, you both are going to call it quits. Is that about, is that right? Or do you think you'll have some income? I'm just trying to look at this period between, say, 60 and 65, the income that is coming in, will there be any income between 60 and 65? Yeah, I'm going with the model of no. Um, if that changes, if there's some kind of part-time income, fine, but I'd rather go with the uh, the most demanding of uh, situations. And is it your intention to take the money out of the traditional, the, what's now $1.4 million of tradition? You're going to pull money out of the, that account uh, or those accounts rather, in order to get that 70 grand that you need? Yes. Okay. Why am I asking all these annoying questions? Because um, I am trying to figure out if you go into the Affordable Care Act, which is, you know, what I think most people would be looking to do. Obviously, it's sort of like the 
I don't know, maybe the, the lowest bar of entry. And then I'm also trying to see what is the amount of money you have to earn that entitles you to some premium adjustments or credits. And it does appear to me that if you guys are making income of, I don't know, let's call it, you, let's say you pull the money out and it's 80000 or $77,000, it looks to me like the maximum that you would be paying for your health care coverage, this is, this is for a family of four, but I think that, you know, essentially for a couple, it would be about right. I think the most you end up paying is, let's say, $7,500, eight grand for this. Maybe it'll be 10000 if you want to, uh, like, the super-duper plan. So when you told me net income of 72000 were you including an extra ten grand for the cost of health care? I was not. So I think that what you need to do is just make that adjustment in your head. Mm -hmm. You know, so a couple of things. Obviously, if you can keep working and have access to health care in some way, shape or form, even if it's like some part time, that would help. But you can see that this starts to really change the calculus. I think you can probably do this. You're going to drain some money out of your accounts for five years. And it's like real money because you're going to end up having to take out of these traditional accounts. You're going to have to take like 100 grand out in right. order to net what you need, probably a little more even, because you're going to have to pay for your trips and pay for your life, and you're going to have to also pay for your health insurance, right? right. So you're going to be na- taking out just, you know, off the top of your head, just think about this for, you know, those five years, a hundred grand at least out of the 1.4 that's in traditional. So a couple of things, the implications there. One is that you have to have the money invested or you have to have that money that you need for each year in cash because you can't afford to be playing around with where the market is. So whatever the number is we we kind of come up with, it's maybe it's 110, maybe it's 100, whatever, you're going to have to have that money set aside. And the rest of the portfolio for those five years, it can't be so aggressive. You can take some risk in the Roths, but not in the traditional. Because you're only a couple of years away, I'm not entirely sure you need to be making all these retirement contributions right now. And to some extent, I think it would probably be better for you to beef up your emergency reserve. Assuming you make no income, I think you're going to want a larger emergency reserve fund. And then, you know, once you get to 65, you know, obviously you go on Medicare and you have the pension income, so you don't need to take so much money out. But again, I would like you guys to be focusing on pulling money out of the traditional accounts because you'll be in a low tax bracket and you're not going to be claiming Social Security yet. And we do want to drive down your required minimum distributions as much as possible as you start claiming Social Security at age 70. Yeah, that that's in alignment with probably the top uh, scenario and plan that I'd kind of figured out for myself. And my calculus showed that I need 110 grand annually for that period from the pre-tax money to get to a 72,000 net for spending. And it includes the cost of healthcare at essentially full market price. Right. So, I mean, look, I think it, it, it's you can do it. I'm going to ask a dumb question. Is she miserable at work? No, no, she was. She's in a good job now. So why is she <laughs> going to quit in two years? Uh, well, it, you know, it's not a certainty, but it's we're tr- we've been trying to set ourselves up for options. Um, OK, I like options, but I don't like that we have to like set something up and be like, OK, we have to now implement the plan. Every year she continues to work. 
is a year that you don't have to pay for health insurance. Exactly. And one other thought I had um, more recently was even when she does quit, we may look at what's the cost of COBRA for the first 18 months Mm -hmm. um, because that may be competitive and it's a really good plan. So that might be a way to kind of stretch that period where we're um, uh, able to have good health insurance and and maybe at a, a more reasonable cost. Yeah, you know, it's a funny balancing act that you're in right now because, you know, I kind of want to limit the required minimum distribution. On the other hand, it would be great if you could actually qualify for a tax credit associated with the Affordable Care Act. And we just, you know, we just don't know. I mean, I, I guess that there's, we have to be flexible on that, but that's the balancing act. I think, you know, you know, in your head, you probably know that, but I think that that's really what you got to balance. And more often than not, at least from, you know, boring old Jill's perspective, the longer you work, the better the plan is. And if as long as, you know, you or, or you know, your wife, as long as you are modestly happy in what you're doing and maybe you will get part-time, gosh, I mean, it really is tough to go from 90 grand to zero. It is. And you're putting a little bit more pressure on yourselves maybe than you need. Yeah, I like one of the ideas you, you brought up was of maybe uh, at present – rather than putting as much as we are into these different Roth buckets to maybe beef up cash reserves. Uh, An alternative to that, uh, well, you'll probably say this is not wise because of the risk is to also consider a taxable brokerage account. I would do a taxable brokerage account if you guys like talked about this call and said, you know what, it's not 60, it's 62. Mm -hmm. If you give me a few more years, then absolutely agree. Then, Then I think taking on a little bit more risk makes sense. But if it's really two years, if it's the real two years, then it's cash. All right, I know you're in the big time holiday rush, but sometimes things come up. Sometimes when you're with your family, it kind of jogs your mind. You think about estate planning, you're thinking about other aspects, you learn new information. Whatever it is, we're here for you. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and we would be happy to answer that question or get you on the air, either via audio or via video, whatever your pleasure. Everything at JillOnMoney.com. Don't forget that you can subscribe to this program, Jill on Money, on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Try to do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity, forming strong teams to support them. Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.